0: Turn with me, please, this morning to Matthew, the seventh chapter. We've been on a series for some weeks now that we uh, call Mercy Over Judgment. And our main text here, uh, words of Jesus, in verse one, he said, Judge not that you be not judged. Now, most Christians would agree you're not supposed to judge. Judge. But why did Jesus say, don't judge? For our benefit. For our benefit, so we won't be judged. Keep reading. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Does it matter if we get judged? Should we want to make every effort not to get judged? Not to be judged? And one of the big things that would prevent us from being judged is what? Don't judge other people. Now, when you say that, most all Christians will agree with you. Oh yes, bad to judge, bad to judge. And usually most people, their favorite application of it is, don't you judge me. But. If you bring up judging to somebody, especially if you say something like, don't judge, what is usually a person's reply to that? No, no, no. Oh, I'm, I'm not judging them. I, I wasn't judging. <laughs> and, and if you believe everybody that says they're not judging, then you'd wonder why Jesus even said this. Right. Because it really sounds like it's not a problem at all. <laughs> Hardly anybody is doing it. But the truth is, (laughs) judging is going on right and left, front, center, and back. People just are not calling it judging. They're not acknowledging what it is and what's going on. And the danger is that if and when you do, you will get judged. Keep reading. Verse 3, why beholdest thou the mote that's in your brother's eye? This is a graphic illustration of judging. You behold the mote that's in your brother's eye, but consider not the beam that's in your own eye. Or how will you say to your brother, let me pull out the mote out of your eye. And behold, a beam is in your own eye. Now here's a graphic illustration of somebody who uh, has a, a moat would be a speck. They have speck discernment. And they pick up and discern specks in other people's lives. And they notice them. And it bothers them. All these specks in people's eyes. And yet they have a beam. Now, beam is colossal compared to speck. Beam would be like a plank, like a board over their eye, which causes you not to be able to see. <laughs> and uh, we read these passages uh, in previous times. He, he goes on from this talking about the blind leading the blind, both of them fall in the ditch. Why would you be blind? Because you got a plank over your eye, and you have decided not to even look at the plank. You've decided to close your eyes and pretend the plank's not there. But that doesn't prevent you from discerning specks everywhere in other people's eyes and life and and feeling quite indignant about it. Specks. You know you shouldn't have that speck in your eye. It's totally hypocritical, isn't it? To be talking about specks in other people's eyes and you got something that's just hundred times bigger or worse than that speck. This is judging, fault-finding. Don't go fault-seeking, and you won't be fault-finding. Just don't go looking for faults. And even if you do see some things, is it your job to point it out? Is it your job to confront everybody about their speck? That's a little weak. (laughs) Maybe some folks thought it is. You are not the Holy Ghost police. I assure you. That's what the Holy Spirit's for. He convicts. He reveals. He shows. He teaches. And you're not the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody help me out. Say it out loud I am not the Holy Spirit. One more time, just to be sure. I am not the Holy Spirit. No, you're not. And what else we're not? I am not the judge. I'm not the judge. I'm not the judge, I'm not the judge of them. I am to judge myself. The scripture talks about He said, uh, verse 5, you hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to cast out the mote of your brother's eye. Judge yourself, and then you'll be in a position to genuinely help your brother, not judge your brother. Now go with me over to uh, Luke, the sixth chapter. Now in Luke six, you have Luke's account of of what we just read in Matthew, but there's, a, there's another word and phrase here that Luke mentions that Matthew didn't. Both of them's right. You're just bringing out additional detail. In Luke 6 and 36, he said, Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father is merciful. Now, judging is the opposite of showing mercy, Judging is the opposite of love. If you're judging someone, you're not loving them. And if you're judging someone, you are refusing to be merciful to them. And the big problem with that is the Scripture said, one of our main texts in James that we've read, if you don't show mercy, you won't get mercy. If you judge without mercy, you will be judged without mercy. Whatever you do, ever how we treat each other is how we're going to be dealt with. So, irrespective of how we feel about them and what they've done or haven't done, just to take care of yourself. Anybody with me? You must forgive and show mercy and kindness if you want to, for the Lord and others, to be kind to you. Have you ever needed kindness? Have you ever needed mercy? Do you reckon before your life is over, you'd need some more? Could it be? Well, if somebody's wronged you, if somebody's, you know, you're tempted to hold a grudge and not forgive, just remember, you have an opportunity right now to set yourself up for the future. If I'll show them mercy right now and be gracious and forgive, then in the future, if and when I need it, I'll have it. It'll be there for me. How many know mercy makes all the difference? If people say, no, that's it. You're done. We're done. You're out of here. That's it. Mm -hmm. No mercy. Mm -hmm. Or mercy could mean another opportunity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right? More space, more time to get it right. Favor and grace. How many like mercy and favor and grace? Lord knows we need it. Right? We have needed it. And in this life, we don't know everything. We, even if you know what to do, people have not done what they know. And Thank God for mercy. Thank God for mercy. Keep reading here. He said, be merciful as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. He mentions three words here that I believe are very significant in us, us identifying. Judging. Judge not and you shall not be judged. This word means to decide. To determine. The word judge means to decide or to determine. Picture an actual judge sitting on the bench. Now in most uh, Previous times, prior to this country, in our legal system now, and in a lot of other countries to this day, and even in our our lower courts, there is no trial by jury. That's a relatively new concept. It was just, and with many other places today, it's the judge. He decides or she decides if you're guilty or not guilty, and then sentences you. The judge. And so you hear the word judge means to decide. To decide whether they're guilty or not guilty based on the evidence, the law, etc. So don't decide whether they're guilty or not. Is everybody listening? It's one of the most important things in the whole series. Right here, right now. Well, I wasn't judging. Did you decide whether they're guilty or not? And it starts off a lot of times with an opinion. What do you think about that? What are they asking you to do? To decide, right, whether they're guilty or not. And immediately when we hear that kind of thing, a flag should go up in our heart and mind and think, hold up, hold up. Who made me a judge? It's not my job to decide whether they're guilty or not. I'm going to go over that again real slow. Literally, if you look up the Greek words, what does judge mean? If you're not sure if I know what I'm talking about, just get your concordance out when you get back home. To decide. To determine. To judge someone means You look at what they've done. You look at them, and you go, "That rascal's guilty. (laughs) Guilty is sin." Do you know people do this all the time from watching four-minute clips on the news of people they have never met and don't know anything about? Do you know that? They see something, they hear something, and they sit there around the table with their their cup of coffee and go, that rascal's guilty. (laughs) Oh, he did it. She did it. Oh, man. That's a sorry rascal there. (laughs) Low down. Low life. What did they do? They decided, based on a four-minute clip of something somebody said about something that somebody said about it that thought they knew. (laughs) right here's the thing you got to remind yourself every day and night you don't know what happened you weren't there and you don't know them and even if they did do it you don't know why they did it you don't know what led up to that and you certainly don't know their heart And that's what God judges based upon. Man looks on the outward appearance. But Jesus said in John 7, 24, don't judge according to appearances, but judge right judgment. Well, if you're not going to judge according to appearances, what you see, how are you going to judge rightly? Well, just by what the Lord gives you in his word and in your heart. And acknowledge all the things you simply are not qualified to judge. And not capable of. And so you say, hey, I I don't know their heart. It's not for me to decide. Their guilt. To judge means to decide. And you shall not be judged. Condemn not. This is a different word. Condemn not. And you'll not be condemned. Now, again, get the idea and picture of the judge. He's sitting on the bench. He weighs the evidence. And so then he decides. Well, once you've decided, what do you do? This word condemn, if you look at the Greek word up there, it literally means pronounce guilty. To decide and then to pronounce guilty. And then he goes on to say, if you won't pronounce guilty, you won't be pronounced guilty. And what's the last thing? Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Now, Young's literal translation, author of the uh, concordance, look how he said it. Release and you shall be released. See the process. What does the judge do? Decides. Decides. Pronounces guilty, what comes next? Sentencing. Sentencing. If you're found guilty and you're sentenced, you're not released. You're incarcerated. Right? You are punished. You're punished. And what's he telling us? Don't decide, don't pronounce guilty. And don't hold that they should pay for what they have done. See, people that are judging are angry. And they're bitter. And they're hurt. And they want them to pay for what they've done. And here's the problem. If you require that they pay, the Bible says you're going to have to pay for what you have done it's only fair it's only right we went over in detail what was it Matthew 18 where Jesus told the account of how the man that owed 20 million dollars his Lord called him and said you owe this pay what you owe and he fell down and begged him and said please give me time and the Bible said the Lord forgave him that debt which means what The punishment was that he, his wife, his kids, and all his property be sold. And any money that they got, put on the debt. And what did the Lord do with him? He forgave him the debt. He released him from the debt. And he didn't have to go to jail. He didn't have to be sold as a slave. His stuff didn't have to be sold. He is a free man with no debt. Because of the mercy of his lord just cuz he asked him to then he goes out and finds a guy that owes him 20 bucks <laughs> he just got released from a 20 million dollar debt but he finds a guy that owes him 20 bucks and he said pay me what you owe me pay me i want my money pay me my money And and he said he fell down, and he said, please, please, give me time, and I'll pay you. And and the Bible said he grabbed him by the throat. He's choking him and shaking him, saying, pay me my money. And he didn't have it, and he wouldn't give him time. And the Bible said he called the law. They came, they got him. They put him in jail, and he's making uh, nickel a day, making uh, tags, For donkey carts or whatever it was. (laughs) Till he could pay it. And the Bible said. The people that knew about it. It upset them. And they went and told his Lord. What he did. And his Lord called him back. And said you wicked servant. After I forgave you all that. Shouldn't you have done the same thing. With your fellow servant. And he reinstated the debt. Yeah. He reinstated his $20 million debt back on him and he had to go to prison. Yeah. Anyone know what comes after that? Jesus said, and so shall my heavenly Father do with you if you don't forgive everyone from your heart. Amen. Now this is serious business. So if you say they're going to pay, they have to pay, then so do you. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to pay. Mm -hmm. But if you will release, you will be released. Oh, let's read it again. Put it back up there in Young's Literal. Look at it. Last verse we looked at, Luke 6, 37. Judge not. What does that mean? Don't decide. Don't decide whether they're guilty or not. Not my job. Here come to judge, uh uh-uh. Not me. (laughs) I'm not the judge. I'm not going to be the judge. I'm not going to let you make me the judge. You know, preachers are as bad as anybody, generally speaking, talking about folks. And I've had folk, you know, hit me up and and maybe I'm out of town or anywhere. And they go, what do you think about such and such? Mm. What do you think about what they did? Can you believe that? Can you believe what they did? What are they asking me? Yeah. They want me to put the robe on. Yeah. They want me to put the robe on. Mm-hmm. Sit down in the chair. And decide. Yeah. Whether they're guilty or not going to do it. Yeah. I like being healthy.
1: Yeah.
0: I like having my bills paid. Yeah. I like being released from my own debts and problems. I like it. I like it. Don't want to lose it. I've had people say, "Now come on, I know you have an opinion." I know you. I said, "No, I refuse to have one." Nope. No. Nope. None of my beeswax. That's between them and the Lord. I love them. I want to see them do good. If they did mess up, I want to see them come out right. Not my job. And if I hold to that, I keep myself clear. I keep myself clear. Don't decide, and you won't be decided against. Don't pronounce guilty, and you won't be pronounced guilty. Don't sentence and say they have to pay, and you won't be sentenced. You won't have to pay. Forgive or release, and you will be forgiven or released somebody needs to do it right now right now somebody needs to release the debt that they feel is owed them by what somebody did or didn't do with you, to you for you and it's not based on feelings it just makes me so mad when I think about it well quit thinking about it (laughs) I've tried to forgive them but I just can't you don't understand what forgiveness is It's not based on how you feel about them. It's an act of faith. It's a decision. If you owed me $10,000 and I got the contract, I got the paperwork and I get it one morning and I'm feeling real generous and I go, you know, I'm going to release them from that debt. I call the whatever financial institutes that's involved. I tear the paperwork up. I tell you, you don't owe me that anymore. Then I get up two days later and go, I wish I hadn't done that. (laughs) I could use that 10000 Yeah, but I did. Yeah. I said, yeah, but I did. I made the decision. I tore up the paperwork. It doesn't matter how I feel about it. I did it. That's how you forgive. And what you do in your mind, you take the paperwork on the debt and you tear it up and you go, I release them. They owe me nothing. Not even an explanation, not an apology, no restitution. They owe me nothing. I release them. Somebody needs to do it right now. Everybody close your eyes. If there's somebody that you've had hard feelings at and uh, they've wronged you or something you thought they did to you or didn't do to you, either way, no matter what it is, it's not for us to decide their guilt. It's not for us to pronounce them guilty. It's not for us to require that they pay. If you mean it. Say it out loud. I forgive them. I release them. them. From anything they owe me. me. And I say. say, They are released. They owe me nothing. nothing. Not an apology. Not an an explanation. explanation. No restitution. restitution. I forgive them. I release them. I release them. They owe me nothing. nothing. Hallelujah. Now do it from your heart. Do it. Do it. Oh, come on, do it. There's There's a blessing waiting on the other side of it. There's a miracle waiting on the other side of it. Mean it. You don't have to feel any better about them. You just do it by faith. You do it by faith. And in your heart, you make the decision. I don't want to judge them. I don't want them to be guilty. I don't want them to pay. Come on, somebody say it out loud. I don't want them to pay for that. You remember what Jesus did when those people, those soldiers drove those uh, spikes through his hands and his feet and they hoisted him up on that cross, literally crucified him? What did he say? Come on, help me out. What did he say? Father, forgive them. Is he saying, release them? And Stephen, when he was stoned, Remember that? When he was stoned, he said a similar thing. Lord, don't lay this sin against their charge. Don't hold them accountable to pay for this. So you need to say this about that same situation. Father, Father, forgive them. them. They don't know what they were doing. Don't Don't hold that against them. them. I don't want them to pay for that. I that. I I release them. I ask you to release them. In Jesus' name. Mm. Some good things happen right there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Anybody believe it? You believe that's the Bible? You believe that's the Word of God? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. Now... Uh, Something we've touched on but I want to just shore it up and you know sometimes when you drive the nail through you need to go around on the other side and ping it down is that right so you can't get it out so we drove it through now I'm going to go around on the other side so this going to be a permanent part of you and that's a good thing what does that mean? It means you won't be judged, you won't be condemned, you won't be sentenced, and the enemy won't be able to touch you. Glory to, God. Glory to God. Very good thing. Very, very good thing. When we talk about don't judge somebody, I want us to be very specific for the next few minutes. Don't judge what? We need to be specific. Well, don't judge them. Well, that's very broad in general. Don't judge them about what? With what? We're talking about sin. That's what we're talking about. Something that you count is wrong, is bad, is evil. The Bible would call it sin. And you have to define what sin is because there's so many different ideas about it. There are four scriptures. There are more than that, but there's four that stand out to me that identify sin. One of them says, "All unrighteousness, everything that's not right, is sin." One verse says, "The transgression or violation of the law is sin." Well, you know, "Thou shalt not steal." Well, uh, stealing's wrong. "Shall not kill." Uh, "Bear false witness," etc. But then also, the New Testament, you begin to get more light on it. He said in Romans 14, 23, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. I believe it's the Amplified that says, Whatever is done without a sense of its approval by God is sin. Whatever is not of faith is sin. That really broadens it out, doesn't it? And then James, this is one of my favorite. What is it? James four seventeen or so. To him that knows to do good and does it not. Notice the next two words. Huh? Are you reading? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. Does sin vary? From person to person? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Now see, some folks will say, no, nah, nah, sin is sin. Right is right, and wrong is wrong. But the only one who knows that completely is God, not you. We know in part, and our ignorance can contribute to us violating something that's right and not even realize it at the time. So then is it sin? It's wrong, but is it sin? And if you understand the scriptures, so read Romans sometimes, especially the first eight chapters. And he goes into detail about this, and in the very first chapter, he starts talking about conscience. To him that what? To him that knows something. Conscience has to do with the light that you have, with what you know. So specifically speaking, you can't sin in an area until you have knowledge in that area. Now you can do something wrong, and it be wrong. But where there is no light, there is no violation of light. And so God doesn't hold you accountable. And sin is not imputed. Where there's no law, Romans said, and law was a revelation of what's right and wrong. So what, when we talk about sin, we're talking about violation of light. If you knew better, yeah. and you did it anyway, yeah. then you sinned. Yeah. Yeah. If you knew you should have, mm-hmm. but you didn't, then you didn't do what you knew. Right. You violated light. You sinned. But that's a thing of the heart, yeah. isn't it? Yes, sir. How do I know what you really see? And what you don't. How do you know what I really see? That's why one of the big reasons we're commanded not to judge. We simply are not qualified. I don't know your heart. I don't know what you see. And don't see. Now with that in mind. Go to 1 Corinthians. Like we're talking about. The 5th chapter. And we're going to get into something else. That's going to open up another area. But it all goes together. I'm going to raise some questions and then I'm going to answer them. I'm not going to answer them. The Bible already answered them. I'm just <laughs> I'm just going to read the Bible. 1 Corinthians 5. 1 Corinthians 5. And uh verse 1. He said, It's reported commonly that there's fornication among you. Now that's sexual activity between people that are not married. And such fornication as not so much is named among the Gentiles. This is sexual activity, he said, that you don't hear about among unsaved people. And it's happening where? In the church. That one should have his father's wife. So here's a guy that has taken his stepmom from his dad. And they are living together, cohabiting, and apparently also involved in the church. Keep reading. You're puffed up, and if not rather mourned that he that has done this deed might be taken away from you. Now why would they be puffed up? What's that about? Because of their superior. Revelation of grace. (laughs) That it's really okay. Anyhow. (laughs) Selah. Pause and think about that. They have perverted. The message of grace. So that they got all kind of stuff going on. In the church. That's wrong. But we're under grace. So. So. The Lord already knew we were going to do this and he already paid for the sins. And so, you know, he knew. So they're still singing in the choir and doing different things. And the Spirit of God through Paul is writing them and correcting them and telling them to do something about this. (laughs) Verse 3. For verily, as absent in body, but present in the spirit, I've judged already. Say what? He did what? Thought you were supposed to judge him. Like I said, I was going to raise some questions. (laughs) I've judged already as though I were present concerning him that has so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ when you're gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such an one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Is this Bible? Yes. Is it New Testament? Yes, sir. Does it apply to us? Yes, sir. Is it true? Yes, sir. Whether you understand it or not, it's true. Whatever the spirit of God directs to do is right whether you understand it or not. Mm -hmm. Now, what we begin to touch on here, in fact, put up 1 Corinthians, Well, you're right there in the 5th chapter, hold your place there, we're not done. Go to the 11th chapter, and look at verses that we've looked at already. 1 Corinthians 11. Do you see why we're not always done in 30 minutes? There's a lot in this Bible. Right? (laughs) Verse 31. 1 Corinthians 11, 31. He said, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Verse 32, but when we are judged, if you don't judge yourself, you will be judged. If you judge another, you will be judged. When you are judged, we're chastened of the Lord. Why? Why? That we should not be condemned with the world even in judgment, is mercy. Yeah. That we should not be condemned with the world. Look back now in 1 Corinthians 5. Let's read this again. All this goes together. First Corinthians 5, 5. To deliver such an one unto Satan, to spend eternity in hell with him. No. No. Destruction of the flesh, which is going fast anyway. Not going to be around for long anyway. Why? To the end that their spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus that they not be condemned in the final judgment of the world. Can you see this, friend? There's a whole lot in this Bible about the coming judgment. There's coming a time when everybody is going to be judged according to the things that they have done. It's an awesome thing. It's something that will cause you to pause. And, and The Bible said it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You want to be under mercy and the blood on that day. There is coming a day of judgment for all human beings. And what he's talking about here is a judgment happening in this temporary realm with the temporary flesh so that there is not an eternal judgment. (laughs) Keep reading in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 5, 9. He said, I wrote to you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. That's people that's involved in sexual activity with somebody they're not married to. He said, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or the covetous or extortioners or idolaters, for then must your needs go out of the world. He said, I'm not talking about people that don't claim to be believers. Because, you know, how are you going to avoid that? He said, you have to leave the planet. (laughs) (laughs) But now I've written to you not to keep company. If any man that's called a brother... Be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or extortioner, with such an one, know not to eat. For what have I to do to judge them that are without? Do not you judge them that are within? He's talking about judging. And yet, we know we're not supposed to judge them. How are we to understand this? Verse 13, but them that are without, God judges. Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Well, couldn't he say when they come to him and say, you still living with your stepmother? Yeah. So we all make mistakes. We're under grace. And they say, no, you can't serve anymore. You're going to have to leave. What could he say? Don't judge me. And they're not. They're judging what they did. And what they're doing. That's not only different. It's required. Of leaders. Part of our job. As leaders. Is to judge what's right and wrong. But not your heart. Whether you sinned or whether you didn't. And to not be bitter against you and not despise you. Come on, can you see this? But sin is like yeast, the Bible said, Mm -hmm. it spreads through a congregation. And if you act like something that's evil and wrong is okay, it's going to get worse. And the people are going to get hurt. And as the under shepherd, our job is to protect the sheep. Right. Right? Right. right? And if there's an infection in a sheep that can affect the whole bunch, and the, the infected sheep don't want to be healed, don't want the medicine, mm-hmm. won't receive, what's the other option? Quarantine. Is that right? Yes, is that what he said? He said, don't eat with them. Put them out. As if people in their minds have not been able to distinguish. Well, you're judging them. No, you don't have to be judging them. You're not saying, I'm superior to you. I would never do this. I'm saying, except for the grace of God, I would have done exactly what you did. Or worse. But that doesn't make it okay. It's still wrong. And until you find out and realize that it's wrong... You can't be a part of these things. Hopefully, when you're on the outside looking in, you'll wake up and realize, I've messed up. I need to make a change here. And if you read, this is 1 Corinthians. If you read 2 Corinthians, you know what he told them? Forgive him. Forgive him. Bring him back in. The repentance and what's happened is sufficient. It's good. Everybody knows. They got it right. Forgive him. For we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. Right. Can you see this? Yes. But leaders and you and yourself have to judge things, not people. Judge spiritual influences. Judge these actions. If I know that somebody is a sexual predator and I see indications of it, that they uh, all they're trying to do is seduce the, the ladies in the choir all they're trying to do is, is get access to the kids it's my job it's our job yes, sir. is that right yes, sir. to say no you, you can't be around this right. you can't be in this and we've done this before yes. we pulled folks we said no you can't be a part you can't be around it I don't hate them right. Right. I still love them yes. right. come on can you see that yes. Yes. I don't look down on them and despise them but what they were doing is wrong. Right. And they're yielding to wrong spirits. And I have to judge that. Yes, sir. Now I'm not judging them. I'm judging that. Right. Good. There is a difference. Yes. Elsewise, how do we understand these passages? Right. Keep reading. Chapter 6. He had said in verse 13 of chapter 5. Put away from among yourselves that wicked person. It's not right to take away your your father's wife. It's not right. This fornication, this adultery, these those things are not right. That don't mean we hate you if you if you're doing it. But see, and it's not our choice. When the leadership or whoever went to these went to this couple, and they said, "Look, guys, you can't do this." You can't do this and be a part of the service teams and, and sing in the choir. You can't. Did they have an opportunity? Could they have said, you're right, we know this is wrong. Could they have? And repented and been forgiven and maybe be proven again some and be able to continue to serve later. Whatever the case might be. But when they obviously did not, which means what? They chose the sin over the church. People say, well, they put me out. You put yourself out. You chose the sin over pleasing God. You wanted that more than you wanted fellowship with the believers, more than you wanted to do your service on the team. You chose that and cleaved to that. And that separated you from people that loved you from God too. Can you see this? You've heard people say, how can a good God who is love send people to hell? place of eternal fire, damnation, and torment and devils. I asked the Lord that one time years ago. And this is what he said to me. I don't mean to heard an audible voice, but very clearly, very distinctly. He said, son, It's not my choice. And whether you believe that or not is going to affect all of your doctrine. (laughs) Is that right through the Bible? He said, Son, it's not my choice. If you reject Jesus, the Son of the Father, whom He sent to be the propitiation and salvation of the world, propitiation for sin, if you reject Him and say, I don't want Him, and you embrace sin, You have embraced the one who's going to be judged. The prince of this world. And so if you cling to him and his stuff. Then when he's judged. You're going to be judged. With him. That's not God's choice. That's your choice. You wind up in his place with him. That wasn't made for men. It was made for the devil and his bunch. But because men have cleaved to the devil. And rebelled against God. They get the same judgment that he got. They get to be a part of it. No. People say, don't judge me. (laughs) There are cases where you could honestly say, I'm not judging you. But you do need to judge yourself. Right? And this is wrong. And you can't do this and be here. We love you. God will forgive you. We'll forgive you. And we're not saying, you know, we'd never do it. We have done stuff. All of us have sinned and messed up. We're not looking down on you. We're not despising you. But you can't do this. This, not judging you, we're judging this. Come on, can you see this? This is wrong. Now if you want to hold on to this, it's going to separate you. Mm -hmm. From us, from God. From the blessing, from the plan. Don't do it. Don't do it. Choose Him. That's That's what repentance is. Turn from that, turn to Him. Right? Right? Love Him, not sin. lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh, pride of life is not of the Father. And if you love that, you don't love him. It's a choice, isn't it? Can you see this? Skip on down to the sixth chapter, verse one. He goes this whole passage this fifth and sixth chapter is talking about judging the whole two chapters. But he's talking about things we need to judge. Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. This is going to the law, going to the judge. For the judge to make a decision. But this is going to the secular legal system. And what he's saying, why would you do that? You got the wisdom of God in your church, in the leaders. Come to them, let them tell you. Well, a lot of folks don't want that either now, do they? Because a whole lot of folks, they don't want what's right. They want what they want. (laughs) Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? This is part of our future. They're going to be thrones. We're going to rule and reign with him. We're going to make decisions about it. At that time, we'll be in a position to now we're not. And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? You're not judging the people. You're judging the situation. Can you see this? Keep reading. Know you not we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Do you keep hearing these phrases? We're not judging their heart. We're judging what it pertains to. We're judging the matter. We're judging the situation. If then you have judgment of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. Is it so that there's not a wise man among you? Not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. Not judge his brothers, judge between them. Can you see there's a difference in the language? Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Are there answers here? I believe there are. I believe there are. Go with me in closing, I think. Well, you need a closing verse, don't you? <laughs> Some folks said, no, I had, I had enough about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> First Corinthians 10. Actually, I'm moving too fast. Back up to the uh, fourth chapter. Hey, you don't know how light you got off. You only got about twelve percent of the notes.
1: <laughs>
0: so, wow. First Corinthians four and one and the Amplified four and one. He said, "So then, let us be looked upon as ministering servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required of stewards that a man be found faithful." But it matters very little to me that I should be put on trial by you. That you're going to make a decision as to my heart and my guilt or innocence. And you or any other human tribunal should investigate, question, and cross-question me. I don't put myself on trial and judge myself. What does that mean? He's saying the Lord knows things I don't know. I walk in the light as much as I know, but he is my ultimate judge. Not you, not even me. Not myself. I'm not conscious of anything against myself. Again, the big things about the heart and about your conscience, what you see and don't see. Not violating that conscience. Don't override your conscience. Right. Well, they thought this, they thought that. That's their conscience. I'm talking about your conscience. If it bothers you, I don't care what they say. It's a problem for you. It's a sin to you. Don't override your conscience. He said, I'm not conscious of anything against myself. I feel blameless, but I'm not vindicated and acquitted before God on that account. It's the Lord himself who examines and judges me. Come on, say it again. I am not the judge. judge. He is the judge. judge. Now verse 5, get this. So do not make any hasty, are premature judgments before the time when the Lord comes. For he will bring to light the secret things that are hidden in darkness and disclose and expose the secret aims, motives, and purposes of the heart. Boy, that's going to be a day when it all comes out why people did what they did and didn't do. Then every man will receive his due commendation from God. The Lord's not interested in us being condemned. He's interested in us being commended on that day. If your sins are washed away, and all he's talking about is the good things you did by his spirit, we're not talking about condemnation, we're talking about reward. Yeah. And 1 John says we could even have Boldness in the day. How in the world could you have boldness on that day? Because you forgave and you are forgiven. you released and you are released. Hallelujah. And the blood has washed away. Didn't just cover it up and hide it. It's gone. And if it's gone, you're not guilty. If you're not guilty, you shouldn't be sentenced. That's why you can stand there and smile. In the day of judgment. In the day of judgment? Yes. Why? I'm standing on the solid rock. And I'm washed in the blood. Hallelujah. And what the King James says about this. Judge nothing before the time. Which means even if something is clear and plain. That it was wrong. That it was sin. Always keep in mind you don't know the whole story about them as to why they did it, why they didn't. You're not going to decide whether they're guilty or not. You're not going to despise them or look down on them. You're going to consider yourself knowing you have blown it and missed it and except for the grace of God could have blown it a lot worse than they did and you act like you know that. Is that right? And you may need to judge it but you don't judge them. Stand on your feet everybody. Let's lift our hands. Let's praise God. Let's give him glory. Let's give him thanks. What a thought. That there's coming a time. Just close your eyes. There's coming a time. When the one sits on the great white throne. And there's no place to hide. And many are being judged and sentenced to the lake of fire with the devil and his. How thankful we will be on that day. How grateful we will be on that day. When we come up before the judgment seat of Christ. To give an account of those things done in the body. And instead of our failures, and our mistakes, and our sins, if we forgave, if we received our forgiveness, what we'll hear instead is, well done. (laughs) Well done. Good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over much. Enter into the joy. Yeah. Oh somebody say joy. 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 Joy of the Lord. Joy of the Lord. Enter into joy. 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 Joy, joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. What about their sins? What about their failures? What about the. Washed by the blood of the Lamb. How'd they get those robes, those white robes, those robes of righteousness? Hallelujah. They're the Lord's Jesus' righteousness. It's His own righteousness that He gave them to clothe themselves. And on the very mercy seat in the heaven. In the Holy of Holies, the blood of the Lamb is there. And it speaks. It speaks. The blood of Abel cried out from the ground and said, guilty, guilty, my brother killed me. My brother slew me. But the Bible said that blood of the Lamb speaks better things. And what it says is, innocent. Innocent. They're not guilty. Innocent. Innocent. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
1: Lord." This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge